Welcome to the Osteo Connection, the number one podcast for osteopaths looking to expand their minds and improve their practice. I'm Kevin Longpray. I'm Jason Turnbull. And I'm Dr. Sean Landry. And if you're new here, welcome. This show is dedicated to bridging the gap between your formal education and real-world practice success. Join us every week where we share our combined 50 years of practice experience, talk tips, strategies, and interview rock stars in the business. Welcome back to the OC, the Osteo Connection. I'll be your host for today, as should always be, Jason Turnbull. <laughs> as should always. <laughs> Glad to be here with my two uh, co-hosts, Kevin Longbury and Dr. Sean Landry. Welcome, yeah, boys. Take it, take it right from the top again, Jay. Take yeah, right I think you should top. do it again because that was sad. Like you Beautiful. just cut off a lawn chair. Let's go right back, Beautiful. but I'll I'll leave it in the editing, and then people can compare which one's better. Go. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Do it again and do it, say it like you mean it. Oh, I meant it. That's the hard part is I actually did mean it. <laughs> say it. Say it with the intensity we just witnessed before. <laughs> there was some intensity there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the emotion. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the emotion we want to kind of go forward with, but maybe I'm wrong. Like pure anger. Teenagers. Mm. Teenagers. So? What do we got? What do we got, Jay? What are we doing today, Jay? Well, we're going to run episode 99 today, boys, just so you know. So Whoa, Gretzky. Kind of exciting. Gretzky. Gretzky. The Gretzky the episode. The great I actually one. Saw, saw a stat yesterday. Who is the fastest NHL player to 1,000 points, which I'm giving away the answer. Gretzky, 424 games, I think it was. Wow. Who is second fastest? Mike Gardner. Sean? Oh, oh man. Was it Jagger? Gretzky again, his what? second 1,000 points in like 460. So it's from 1,000 to 2,000. It was faster than anyone else to 1,000 ever. What? Legend. That's, awesome. That's yeah. great. That's a great stat. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, today, boys, we're going to go. Uh, so More stats? Gears. Are we going stats today? Too? We are going stats. Yeah, what a good oh. segue there. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about uh, what we'll call it knowing your numbers. Really, it's the uh, the concept of just you know working more on your business and not just in it, which we've all been through. And most most people who first start uh, first start in our practice, that's what we do, right? We're so busy trying to get people to come in and get busier and try to get to that five days a week kind of thing. And uh, but we really don't spend time working on our business, which we later learn that is super important and actually will help us get to where we want to be so much faster. So. You know, there's really many ways to kind of look at this, but I think we're kind of going to simplify it and look at there's really three different ways that you can, you know, grow your business and run a successful business, right? So number one being you need to make sure you're always getting new clients. Mm. Uh, number two, that you need to then retain those clients and have repeat visits. And then the third way to grow your business is to actually get, just get rid of more, them. Get rid of them. Yeah, exactly. Hide like, the bodies. <laughs> <laughs> no it's more just to to charge more per per visit right to charge more per transaction that they come right. in with um so i think the thing is too for this is i always think of like working on your business is just this obviously depends on the size of it, your business too right if you're a solo practitioner this does not mean you have to take two three hours every week out of your schedule to work on it it's just that but it's very important to definitely carve some time out and then the larger your practice becomes then certainly you have to devote more time to doing so so 
Um, I, I also find that it's funny when you, when, you know, we've interviewed a few people for this MBO program we're doing, and it's crazy how many people, how many osteopaths don't spend any time really working or looking at their numbers. And when we ask them why they don't do that, it's because they tell us they don't know where to look, right? It's not part of what we're trained to do. It's not part of our formal education. It's not, it's not what we're taught. So it's hard to start looking at stuff when you don't even know where to look. So today, I hope that we can maybe shed some light on that and, and maybe share some of our insights of what, what we do or, or what you know, other therapists are doing in our field to help people get a grasp on where to look and what to do with your numbers. So Kev, you look like you can't wait to get involved. Um, if so there's anything I don't love more, it's talking about numbers. <laughs> um, I just find well, what would it. You do? What would I do? Well, as in like, if you're looking at saying, okay, how do you get more clients or how do you, how do you track, you know, getting new clients into your practice? So, you know, maybe you can share, I know you don't love to do this, but if you did, that's a lie. Kev to love loves looking at his astrological numbers. I do. He does. His he zodiac. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, three plus Your six numerology. Plus one is 10, numer- so that's a numerology. one plus a zero. That's a one. I'm an eleven. I'm a two, like a double <laughs> one. So the wind, just the wind, the wind's coming out of the east, and uh... yeah, two plus two is four. That's a song I just sing to the kids. Like, come on, like I'm all about numbers. Yeah, okay. you are a numbers guy. um what would i do well i would uh text you and i would say jay what do the numbers look what are we looking at yeah what do they look like perfect great know your strengths i don't have to sell my house okay fine thank you you do yeah yeah uh well that's a great question um and i'm speechless i just i'm one of those guys i don't know where to look well, I, great start that's perfect actually kev because we are going to help you today perfect i'll play <laughs> and i are going to help you you yeah. just sit back and listen. i guess i guess well one thing for sure i would look at like as let's say as a someone starting out is uh like you mentioned before is looking at so number one how many new clients am i bringing in there you go. Good start, Kev. Come on, baby steps, buddy. If, you know, if it's the case that that's, you know, not good, let's say the number's one and it's been a few yeah. months, you're in trouble. Like, that's not good, right? That's not I don't good. know about you guys. I know, Sean, that's like getting a ceiling for you. But but for us, you know, that's not, not amazing. So then, you know, our, obviously everything is about course correction. So we want to know, like, okay, if you're not bringing in enough new clients, what can you do to... Um, fix that so these are some of the things we we discussed in prior podcasts for sure Uh, but we want to know looking at numbers is is to give us an idea of what the current situation is in the landscape of where what your business is so about new clients about how many of these new clients are sticking around Uh, are they are they just coming in once are they you know we'll get to one of your stories later, Jay, about that, but about one of our staff members and uh, staff members. And, um, and then, uh, and then third again is, is again, obviously, like you said, we'll get into the looking at our pricing and things like that. But I think if we start off with a starting point, like that's the, the biggest one is looking at 
how many new people are you bringing in? Yeah, that was that was because pretty painstaking there, Kev. Come on. Yeah, let's go. (laughs) You're putting me to sleep. (laughs) I was sleeping. (laughs) You guys were sleeping. We woke you up for this podcast tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I was like watching, listening to paint dry. When I saw the title of this paint, if you could tell, (laughs) this is my least favorite topic. Oh. Yeah, no idea. I'm gonna no, jump in. No idea. You I'm jumping in. in. Yeah, go ahead. I'm jumping in. Go ahead. Right. I it's gonna be. I'm calling an audible, Kev. If we don't fall asleep when you're talking, God, God. All right. So it's having a it's having a finger on the pulse. Talking right? louder is not gonna make it more. You have to. Know, you have got to know your numbers because I'm gonna jump in here. If you don't, Kev, the one thing I will give you is you have no idea where you're starting. So we will say it's it's just. <laughs> no, the per- you kept said that right. You don't know where you're starting from if you don't know your numbers, right? So, and then what direction to do. So, Kev said, if you're only getting one patient, one new patient a month, that is uh, needs to be worked on. You need to then focus on how can I attract more clients and more patients. How can I get them into the clinic? Um, and then, like we say, if you're not getting repeat clients, uh, that's your patient visit average. So then. We know it's more of an education problem. We know it's more of a communication problem with uh, with your your scripts and your phases of care. You're not um, you're not getting buy in, right? We talk about compliance and conversion. So you're not getting the you're not converting a patient from a new patient to a you know, let's call it like a practice member where they're actually enter the phases of care. So you're not getting conversion, and then you're definitely not getting compliance along that. So that's an education thing. So the numbers are new patients per month, definitely. Patient, patient visit average. And we'll get into the specifics of this. Actually, in the MBO program, we cover most of this where we talk about visit volume. And from visit volume, you can actually look at um, your office visit average, right? Which is how much you're charging. That's the next thing. And then you can get your income. You can literally, you can literally calculate these things and you'll know by and large how, how much money you're going to make for the year. So these things are so important. Um, but yeah, it's the... Uh, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. <laughs> well, I think to, to not get too far ahead, if we, if we go back just to number one and getting new clients, I think the, the idea for this podcast should be like, just to look at it. You guys have to take the time to reflect and actually to look at it. So, you know, most look, clinics now are using, but well, don't look. well, yeah, look at it, but don't look at it. No, the idea is that you're, you're you know, for, for how many new clients you get, we all use a different or a, some sort of clinic software. And what I do and what we do at our clinic is we, I get my receptionist to print that off and I get her to print off how many new clients you're seeing per month. And that's what you need to track. And if you're not tracking your numbers, then like Sean had said, you really don't know where you stand. And the nice thing about this is once you start doing this month after month and then into year after year, you can really see an evolution. And you can, you can also then um, see time periods where maybe you get less new patients because it's the holiday season or it's, you know, the summer holidays or whatever it may be. And you can see fluctuations, but the key is you need to see that you're driving new business into your business. And to kind of tailor just its point one, to get new leads means you need to be making that connection with people in your office right away. That's one way to get it in in office solutions, in office marketing, or you need to work on other ways of marketing through social media or speaking, speak, like, uh, sorry, speaking engagements or whatever you want to set up in your local community to get that, that driven, but you need to be able to look at the numbers. 
And then if you look at that as far as like scaling out, it's one thing to do it for yourself, but for anybody who's listening that has a clinic that has multiple practitioners, it's the same thing, right? If, you know, if in our clinic, we have several therapists in different backgrounds that work with us, the idea is that we look at their new clients that they're, that they're driving into their business. And when we do a, you know, a, a biannual kind of meeting where we share with them, we can see where their where their strengths are at, where how much business are they driving into them? How, how much are they growing? How much are they building? These are like objective measures in a world where we don't always have a lot of objectiveness. You know, we don't always measure ranges of motions with goniometers all the time. We could, but we don't always do it. But having hard numbers where you can see how many therapists are driving in new clients is a really valuable asset to see who's really performing on your team or who maybe needs some more coaching to get them up to that standard. So I think that knowing your numbers is just that, is taking the time to look at it and identifying where you're at. And then you can, you can really then from there say, okay, am I doing a sufficient job or do I need to direct more of my attention towards generating new leads? Simple as that, I think. Kev, what do you think? Well, yeah, but I think the point, the good point you both brought up is like for newbies, it's, it really is like a, uh, kind of a wake up call too to seeing like, okay, well, one is that the method I'm using effective is my communication effective. Where do I need to improve myself to increase these numbers so that again, you create one more volume coming in, but two, then are the communication skills up to par to actually keep them there? Are you doing your job to educate them properly, doing the three E's, doing all these things that we've discussed to uh, convert people into seeing what we do as being a necessity, not a luxury. And then, um, uh, so I think that's the huge importance of looking at it. There's no other way to, well, obviously, you know, you're going to get a, an idea if you're just sitting there and there's no one in there, but you know, if you, if you're kind of seeing like trends and things like that too, with other therapists in your clinic, like it's a really good way to know like, oh yeah, I should probably review certain technique on what to discuss with the patient on their first visit, what to do when they're coming back. How do you discuss, like Sean said, the phases of care, looking at your numbers, definitely, you know, all joking aside, like obviously uh, it is crucial to getting a pulse on, on what your business is doing and where you need to fix it. Right. Yeah, yeah definitely. So getting the pulse or having a finger on your pulse. So that, that to me is, is very much uh, goes into the next step of then setting. So just like we do with, with our patients. So you said, let's say we talk about ranges of motion or we have a starting point. We can then set some goals for the patients. So let's say in, in a clinical setting, so we can set some goals. Okay. Yeah. You've decreased range of motion on your neck. Well, we're going to try and increase it by five degrees, you know, right and left, whatever you can do that exact same exercise with new patients per month. So let's say you're averaging 10 new patients per month. We say, okay, we need to grow. We need more new patients. Let's set that objective to 12 new patients per month, right? Let's set our patient visit average from, let's say you're averaging, you know, 15 visits per in a, in a yearly life cycle for a patient. Okay. Now can we make that 20? Right. Um, and then this gives you, this gives you, like you say, measurable objectives and goals and targets that you can, that you can then scale that growth. This is also, uh, if you're a new graduate and you're using these, this, um, this methodology. So you're checking your, your know, you know, this, this process of knowing your numbers, patient visit average, right. Uh, office visit average or, or, um, 
and new patient per month. You can then end the phases of care, which we'll show you again in the MBO program, but you can actually uh, take this, these concepts and build out um, a business plan. So if you're approaching, a, if you're actually going to have a conversation with the bank for some lending in starting, they will see that your path to profitability, right? Because you can, you can objectively say, this is what I'm going to bring in this month. This is what I plan to bring in this month. And this is how I'm going to do it because this is the way I'm going to, I'm going to go about to do this. And you can even show, you know, all your profit and loss uh, for whatever the, you know, the, whatever the time you open the practice to, you know, um, a month, six months, a year into business. And that bank will have no problem, you know, lending you the money so that you can open this, this, this clinic of your dreams. Right. So that it's a, uh, you know, in drafting up a business plan, this is essential. In everyday practice, this is essential. Um, honestly, do I do it as much as I used to? No, right? But but initially, we used to do it when we were in more of our growth phase. Now we're in more of a kind of a sustainability phase. But we do, right, with our practitioners at the office. So, Jay, I think it's a perfect time to uh, tell that story about, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. When we first were trying to grow. I agree. So, I mean, that's it. So when you're, when you're into that number two, where you're trying to see patient visit averages or how often do these people come for follow-ups um, it's, you need to track it, right? So you can track it between practitioners. If you have multiple practitioners at your practice, it's again, go to your clinic software. You can, you can search a certain therapist and you can see how many new clients they've had, how many visits they've had. And you can track each individual person to see, to see what their performance is like. Um, and to kind of go back to, to point number one, too, for new leads, like, you know, you're doing something right in your office as far as like generating new client referrals. When you have your first assessment with someone and you walk them back to reception and they're already talking about who they want to refer to see you, that's a great way to know that you're, you're doing what you need to do, right? Um, anyway, so yeah, so to give you guys a kind of a quick example for that, we, we, um, we had a, I guess early on, it must've been 10 years ago, we were trying to, to grow more of the osteopathic portion of our practice. So we had hired a new osteopath, a great person um, who wanted to start, like everyone was starting part-time with the intention to build to five days a week. So back in those early days, it was just really Kevin and I as osteopaths and we were referring our overflow patients to a new therapist. And at that point, I think we were booked Kev, you were probably booked about a year in advance, and I was probably somewhere around six months in advance. It was very early in the process, so we, we really had a ton of overflow. You know, I would estimate we probably had, I would think, 10 to 15 new clients trying to book in every week. So we hired this other osteopath to come join our practice, um, super, super great person, and starting at two days a week. And, you know, a couple of weeks went by, turns into six, eight weeks. And I'm noticing that like, here we are eight weeks in and yeah, they're busy the week that they're treating. But if I look the, the week ahead, there's still five holes out of a two day schedule. That's 16, 16 clients. There's five holes to go. I look two weeks in advance. There's like 11 holes. So I let it slide for another couple of weeks. And then I kind of pulled Kevin aside and said, something's not adding up here. Like if you're getting 11 to 15 new clients referred every week. And we're now two and a half months in and we're only busy two days a week the week they're practicing, but there's holes going forward. There's an issue. So I remember, I, asked our I remember the, the picture you drew for me. Yes. 
I, it took about six hours, right? To, to mm. try to get you through your head. The number I got it, it, but I got you it. Didn't get I, it. You didn't I, get it. Well, the I crayons, totally, the crayons, crayons helped, right? When I, when I color coded it with the yellow, the primary colors there. I'm a paint, paint by numbers guy. Like I, <laughs> I, I think that's probably the best method for me. That helped exactly. for sure. The stick anyway, figures. So <laughs> Sorry to cut when, you off. When I, when I asked the receptionist to, to print off exactly that, the, the, the certain therapist, they, the clients they had seen, and I tried traced it back. Seventy-four percent of the clients they had seen came three times or less, and I believe it was like fifty-eight percent came twice or less. So I joked with Kev saying, "Unless this, unless this person has like the hands of God, um, this doesn't make sense, right?" It and did, this goes back I to did what, see him float in a couple times, though. <laughs> true, there was some levitation witnessed yeah. at times. No, but it goes back to. Um, you know, if you're, if you're really, you know, a wellness clinic and you're talking about phases of care and really walking someone through a process of like, again, the people who weren't willing to wait to see Kevri at that point were people that were very acute. If they're chronic, they can wait three months before they can come in. But someone, a lot of these clients were acute, right? They needed help right away. So, you know, if someone's in an acute stage and they've got, you know, decreased range of motion, decreased functioning, pain, you know, to work them through that cycle of restoring mechanics, restoring functioning, this takes time right not three times or less so we pulled the therapist aside and asked them how they thought things were going and kind of showed them how we saw things um this person was incredibly coachable super eager to learn and we sat down with them on several occasions and just kind of coached them on, on what we did how we how we talked to our clients what we thought was the best way to bring health forward and it was crazy to think that within three weeks was that four days a week, within six weeks was five days a week and was, and then was establishing a, a waiting list of their own, just from simply the communication, the understanding of the life cycle of a client and, and really that he was like, they were doing them a disservice by not really walking them through the phases of care and getting them to full health, like waiting for someone to, to go to the front desk and saying, you know, so when are you supposed to come back? And the client has no idea what to say. They didn't tell me is not professional, right? It's not, we're not the expert. You know, people rely on us to be the expert and tell them when to come back. And we don't do that. We're doing them a disservice. So all that to say is it's, it's, you've got to track your numbers. You've got to see if you're not looking closely and seeing if you're growing, there's that expression. If you're not growing, you're dying. And we, you need to see that there's growth and there's evolution in, in that life cycle. And, and, just by having your, by being on it and being aware of it, we could have let this slide for six months, a year. Thank goodness we didn't because within six months, we had hired a second therapist to come join our team as another osteopath because there was overflow from that, that individual. So that's the importance of trying to scale your business is really looking at your numbers and seeing where, where the truth lies for lack of a better term. Do you, do you think, uh, I, I just thinking back for the, for this particular practitioner, do you think it was a question of, again, not understanding the, this this concept of phase of the phases of care and frequency over time, right? Which which we know is like how we get people better or how we get, or also maybe confidence in in uh, being able to tell people to come back. You, like, uh, what, what do I you think? think were some of? I think it's, actually, it's. I agree. I think it's a combination of both. I think it's not really understanding. I think there's a lack of confidence that they they don't recognize that you know they're a, a recent grad right there's like that fearfulness that they don't they don't maybe understand their true value and that they are the expert and then also just the fact that 
maybe that's not part of our teaching, right? We, we, we all get told that, oh, don't worry, once you graduate, uh, don't worry, it's the root of the mesentery is why the SI is not clearing up. Like, they all, we get told these things like, don't worry, there'll be a lineup of people waiting to come see you when you're done. But we all know that's not the truth. That's not the reality, right? We graduate, oh, once I do this next technique course, I'll be full. Man, look back. So many courses you've taken where I learned a technique, a, a, an SI joint technique, a muscle energy course. Gossip test. It might have helped. It might have, pardon me, the gossip test 666 times. It might have helped you, the current patients you have, but it didn't build your practice. Hmm. Kev, I, sorry, I kind of, I was talking a lot there. So you were going to say, I think some similar right. stuff where it was a bit of a twofold thing, right? Well, some of the techniques too, we, we would teach them, you know, like to, you know, have a bit of a snag in your carpet as you're, they're walking in your office, just to increase volume of people coming in. <laughs> uh, faulty stairs. So they trip, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. icing your parking lot. Icing the parking lot's a classic. Um, <laughs> How to get new patients. So. You know, scare them. A lot, a lot of scaring just to get yeah. their autonomic nervous system going, you know. Um, <laughs> those are really effective ways, but... <laughs> If you want long lasting, then uh, you do what Jay just said. No, <laughs> no, no I, I don't have anything to add. I get, that was that was like a classic example of of what we see so often and why people aren't successful. Is one is for sure like the communication part of what we always talk about, right? So again, um, you know, to to know that you have to look at your numbers because otherwise, unless you're just looking well looking at someone's schedule is, is also part of that category of looking at numbers. You're looking at, you know, how many people are they seeing, you know, and all that. So this is a classic way to monitor that and to see like, again, like you said, the, how many new ones are coming in? When are they coming in again? How often are they coming in? These are all things you want to see to kind of get a picture of like, what's the follow through that they're doing with their patients uh, and how well are they taking care of them? Like sometimes people too get nervous. Uh, so it comes back to what you guys were saying about the confidence part. They get nervous, let's say about, uh, well, this case is really, um, this, is a, this is actually maybe a good topic to bring up is they get nervous about a difficult case that they're not too sure how to handle. So number one is, is explaining like, okay, well, if you're in a place where you can talk to colleagues, well, that's, that's a huge bonus. But two is knowing like that dialogue to use with a patient to put them at ease and make and reassure them that this is a process. You know, this is something that we're going to do over time, like Sean was saying as well. Uh, so I think a lot of people in that category maybe kind of stumbled just because they they'd rather kind of just drop the ball than than maybe follow through with that because they're not quite sure how to handle it. So there's so many scenarios where that can happen, right? So. I think it's important uh, to, to, again, look at these, uh, those stats to know, like, where's maybe this person having a hard time? And then that way, it's easier for you as a business owner or a colleague to help that person out and uh, give them some tips on how they can navigate through that a little bit easier. Beautiful. So I think number three, Sean, I'm going to pass this to you. So I think number three is a big portion of, of increasing your cost per transaction. You can scale that out. I think this is a, maybe one of the best things to do once you are full. Yeah. You know, it's like once you, once you've, you've, you know, 
generated new leads. You're able to keep your clients. You're going to get to a, port, a point where you're full, right? You're yeah. full. You've got a waiting list. You're, you're booked a few weeks in advance. Then how are you able to scale your business? How do you grow it? Yeah. So, so there's a number of ways, but definitely like when we look at um, what we call um, cost per transaction or whatever dollar cost, uh, you know, depending higher dollar value per transaction. So raising your rates, you know, charging what you're worth, um, looking at potential competitors and just knowing what the average is. And then honestly, separating yourself from that average. Uh, that is uh, an easy way. And again, if you know your numbers, you know your patient patient visit average, you know your um, you know your new patient per month, right? You can you can you know approximate how many visits per week, how many visits per month, and then you can really easily see, you know, by increasing your rates, how much more money will be left on the table at the end of the year. So that's that's definitely. Then there are multiple. Kevin loves this this concept, but it's we call it the bolt on. Or the, uh, the strap-on revenue. an image of the bolt-on. <laughs> bolt-on revenue streams, right? So again, yeah. if patients, if you know the volume of patients in your practice or in your clinic, and you have, and you have other services that you can offer them in, uh, you know, depending on where you're practicing, whatever the scope of practice is, wherever in the in the place, you know, the town or the the community you're practicing, um, but if you can. If there are add-ons to the revenue that you can generate, so you could be supplements, could be um, could be pillows, right? Orthotic pillows, could be different consulting services uh, that you can, you know, nutritional consulting. There are ways of increasing the dollar value per transaction. So, and that is a that's a huge way of scaling scaling your business, whether you're a solo solo you know, practitioner or you're a part of a group practice or an associate, there are ways of improving or increasing the, the, your, your value essentially. Right. And then, and then being proud and confident in doing that. And uh, every time we've increased our rates in our practice, we've never lost patients. If we do, right. Then, you know, it's this abundance and scarcity kind of mindset. There are plenty more patients or clients willing to pay uh, for the for the you know the value exchange that you're providing and the price that you're charging. So you just have to own it. Right? You got to own it. And uh, oh, Kevin, we were talking about this. So, you know, you kind of say a number that seven. Yeah, seven. Right. You say, but you say it's a you want to be in and around your competitors, but like we say, you want to separate yourself um, from your competitors as well. So you want to yeah. make sure that because yeah, it's a funny thing, you know, that that the things that cost more, right? People associate with a higher value. And as long as you are delivering the goods uh, to the fullest of your ability, to the people you're meant to serve, you can charge whatever you want. And 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 you know, it's a it's pretty fun to do, right? Because it helps you get financially free. So awesome. I couldn't agree more, Sean. I mean, I've got to, I think all, if I can speak for all three of us, we have no intention to be average. You can look at an average rate that's out there. We can see it and understand it. If you're aiming to be average, probably not doing the right thing. You know, like that's why our, 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 even our, our own clinic, we have our own core values and, you know, exceed expectations and be inspirational. These are words that are not average right? You want to, you want to provide the best service you can. So 
I agree. When you want to scale your business and make more money and you're, and you're, and you're full already, you charge what you think you're worth. You know, you, you know, the work you're putting into, you know, the value you're providing to your clients. Obviously you can't be off the charts on top, but certainly if you know, you're, you're delivering, like you said, Sean, then, then that's what you do. And if you lose a couple of people, but you're charging more, you can do the math, right? That's the, that's a great part in, in this MBO program. We'll show you the math. You lose 5% of people, but you charge, you know, 15% more per transaction and still generate new leads. You end up still being ahead of the curve. And it's, you know, not that you want to price yourself out of the category where people are unattainable. I, I certainly don't think that's what we're looking to do, but you know, reality is that the, look at us now, look what we're living through right now here and all over the world, right? With inflation and stuff, you, you got to, um, you have to be able to adjust with the times. And I think that's really important for us uh, and everyone moving forward to, to strive towards. And then like you said, you also have other ways you can look at generating revenue with products and different services you can provide. So I think the, this, the, the key is for, for people who are struggling or new is get full, get full first. That's the first step. Know where you're at, understand your numbers, where you need help, you know, focus your attention there until you're full and then from there you'll be able to, to really maybe search more on where you can generate more revenue to drive more business and, and more revenue to your practice kev i think i'm going to be a stats guy i like you guys converted me like i really i'm going to go in tomorrow look at my numbers put my rates up 0.182 that's how many generations you and i'm get. going to loosen that stare in the front i'm really <laughs> it's already kind of loose. already a little loose yeah. But I'm, you, you stop looking at stats when your goalie save percent average was like in the point point eight. You're like just yeah. uh, once you dip below point nine zero zero. That never happened. That never happened. Yeah. That never yeah. happened. Once I'm your so... hip was so bad and you couldn't get into the butterfly anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna bring yeah. in some the number the number two thousand three two thousand four goals against average <laughs> winner goals against average. Uh, <laughs> Once, once you kept looking over to the and seeing nine, nine on nine on the board in your yeah, own man. net, you're like, never. I, yeah, then you had How an aver you aversion shit. to numbers. <laughs> Goals against average makes you think you have a strong defensive core. That's all. That's a team number, not an individual, not an individual number. Just saying. Just saying. Jay would say that. Of course, Jay would say that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> all right. So listen, we'll, we'll wrap it up. So I think this was by far probably our. Was your strongest performance of twenty third best podcast of uh, best podcast or what? Twenty third. Yeah. yeah, but not after that. You said something about podcast. I think is podcast. It? Yeah, podcast. No, podcast. Yeah. No. I think it's your earbuds. Really sure. All that so, vibration in your head. Your head. It's it's funny, right? It definitely. But every time uh, Kelly gives us some constructive criticism, my uh, my brilliant wife, I never listen. She's always like, "All right, give them more like." stuff that they can actually you know she's like enough you know time mm -hmm. for uh, some actionable for some stuff objective objective yeah, stuff objective measures that's because that's she wants uh that's the know. type of personality popping out right there Ex exactly so i think that this stuff is uh is essentially a bit, bit judgy i think a bit, probably, bit judgy. probably yeah i'll talk with her yeah but i think uh honestly this is is if you're listening if you're still listening hopefully if you if you're you know if you're if your eyes and ears haven't glassed over like kevin's have um nice. and you implement this stuff it will you'll know exactly where you need to kev this is your wheelhouse where your energy what where your focus was it something about focusing 
and then yeah, energy goes <laughs> where your focus goes your energy flows i was about to say you don't know what you don't know but uh i wanted to very, make sure you guys were listening when i talked but it, did, it didn't obviously not well jay you were good for you jay good i guess you. i don't have, really have a model like you guys do i just yeah. continue to evolve and don't rest on my laurels i guess <laughs> oh man episode 99 the great one in the books episode yeah. episode 99 the great one in the books what's his famous uh, quote you you, you can't 100 percent of the shots you don't take you can't score right that's right so no. take lots very of shots to, very close to nicholas yeah. you make zero putts that don't make it to the hole yes very true it's a close second, I guess. <laughs> that wasn't the exact quote, but it was something along that line. You know? Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, honestly, guys, thanks for listening. Share with friends, colleagues. Uh, yep. If you're, if you check out our masterclass, we worked hard on that masterclass. Uh, osteomentorship.com. Osteomentorship. <laughs> if if uh, if we were filming this, you guys would get uh, <laughs> tickets to the gun show right now. We got. Uh, <laughs> there would be. Uh, arrest warrants yeah (laughs) there was film well there is a film that exists we could let out maybe some snippets but on on the cloud it's somewhere on the cloud yeah oh that's true yeah someone will find that but anyway tune in next week so this week's our 99th next week we have our 100th episode um so special guests we have some special guests no just two jay now five five okay Five total on the uh, on the pod for uh, our 100th episode. We're we'll see you next week. Peace. Ciao. Take care, everybody. Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope you learned something, or not. And if you haven't already, subscribe here to the Osteo Connection wherever you're listening. And hey, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And if you're still listening at this point, thanks, mom. And if you're offended how much we've made fun of Jason, tune in next week and be sure to share with a friend.